This is the Matt Townsend Show. What creates higher trust for you and the people around you? Your guide on the side. And a lot of us end up spending our entire life searching for what we expect instead of what has actually been given to us. Dr. Matt Townsend. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to give you some of Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. I was in the store yesterday doing some holiday shopping, and I heard this kid whining up and down the aisles. He was just following behind his mom every step and was shouting, I want the Elsa stocking. I want the Elsa stocking. And I could tell that his mother was not feeling the Christmas spirit. But she is not alone. This is something that I think every mom has to face around the holidays and really probably all year long. This is what some people call the gimmies. Kids aren't born knowing how things work. They just know that they want something and if they beg enough, then they might get it. They don't always understand the reasons why someone doesn't give them exactly what they want when they want it. But that attitude can be really detrimental for the holiday season because kids can get caught up in the gimmies and completely tied up in the idea of their wish lists and what to ask Santa for and miss out on the giving part of the season and the effort that goes into putting on a nice Christmas. So today we are going to listen to an interview with Elisa Weinstein about the Christmas gimmies and she's going to tell us how we can teach kids the values of needs versus wants and why teaching financial literacy to kids is so important during Christmas time. Now fill us in, Elisa, because you 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 took on an issue that I think is very, very needed, not just this time of year, but always, this idea of financial literacy for our kids. How, how did you get into this? Well, it actually started right after the holidays. Um, it was a couple years ago, and it was, it was because of the holiday gimmies, honestly. It was a couple months after, like February. And when the bills my came My daughter in. wanted... Well, well, she didn't know about the bills, but yes. Okay. <laughs> and we were, what, no, it's actually, it's true now that you're saying that. It's like all coming back in this like flood of memories. <laughs> My husband and I were really trying to be very good in separating want versus need when we yeah. made a purchase. And, but she was four, so we certainly didn't explain that to her. Right. And we, we were in Target, and she wanted um, another little, like, sparkly pink lip balm. And <laughs> I can be a little obnoxious sometimes. And I told her to get a job and pay for it herself. <laughs> that is so because rude. I was a little – well, it was so rude. But I was a little annoyed. I mean, she yeah. just, we just finished the holidays, and everyone kept giving her sparkly pink lip balms. And why do you need another sparkly pink lip balm? Isn't and that it? Yeah. So, so it, was, it, it was pretty much – that's pretty much what happened. So – I gave her a real job. She ended up doing my husband's job. He's a market researcher, and she surveyed friends and family on their favorite flavor of ice cream. (laughs) And then they created a pie chart because he was all excited to show her the computer. And she presented her results to me, and I paid her. And what was so amazing, and this is where the whole idea for my program took off, was, well, she was really excited to get the money, and she knew that we could then go and buy her what she wanted, what she was really excited about was having had his job. And yeah. I think the, the problem with the gimmies in general is, first of all, kids do not mean to be mean. No. They're not. They're not. They just, they just don't understand. Yeah, they're and just being kids. They're being kids, and, and especially around the holidays when you literally tell them to make a wish list. That's right. It's, you know, how do you separate that? And, and, but they don't understand how hard it is to earn money. And by having her had a real task from a real job, getting paid, and then having to manage that money, it was the full experience. Yeah. And, and so that is what has really helped a lot of families around the country diffuse the gimmies is by emulating this model. It's making it real. Making it real. They have to now deal yeah. with kind of like a, this isn't, this isn't, you know, I guess magic dust. It's also, th- this thing has a price tag. This is expensive. And it, whether Santa's bringing it or mom and dad are bringing it, this thing has a different value than you're putting on it, which is just that it would be fun. Exactly. But, but I think also part of it is keeping it fun, protecting the magic, and, and making work itself something enjoyable to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, generally, if you find a job that you really like to do, even though it's work, you got a smile on your face. You're passionate about it. You're empowered by it. And kids, you know, young children, 4 to 12, do not have the opportunity 
typically to, to find that magic. So I worked with 49 professionals with amazingly cool jobs, like investigator and chef and a disc jockey. And they told me what it is they do for a living. And I translated that into almost a thousand tasks parents and kids can do. Hmm. So the the child gets an opportunity to explore all these really unique, fun careers and see how things they do in their everyday life could one day translate to something they do as an adult. And, oh, my goodness, I get paid for that, too. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this time of year especially, I know it's top of mind for everybody. <laughs> it really is. And it's I, I really like the idea, too, because it's something um, – you're capturing you're capturing their heart. You're capturing motivation in these kids. You can probably even start to see what they lean to, what their talents are. I mean, I'm sure some of these they don't even really, in the end, care about or like. But a little older than four or five, you could get a seven, eight, nine, ten year old finding something they're really, really intrigued in. And I, apparently, it's eight because my daughter's been doing this for four years, and she finally asked me. We usually do a career week. And we, um, and I'm, they're really simple. I mean, sometimes these are 15 minute activities that we do and sometimes it's much bigger, but the book is filled with all sorts of things that fit every schedule. And she said to me, you know, I've been doing these every week. I, she wants to be a pastry chef, which for the record is hysterical because I am, I'm a really bad cook. So where is she? (laughs) Is it maybe it's because she's hungry? It, well, I know I do. I feed her. I okay. really do. I feed her. You're feeding her. her. We got that. <laughs> I'm just, it's just not so tasty. But she's also but choosing she's, pastry, which is a great choice. Yeah, if you're going to choose a food, good. I mean, let's do pastry. But then she gets also from her father the sweet tooth. But um, <laughs> yeah, so now we're doing, now she is a pastry chef and now her careers are once a month. They're like much longer, more involved, and they take a little bit more time to do. And she is a pastry, she's committed to being a pastry chef for a year. Oh, wow. She just loves it. And she, and then there's the science in it and there's the yeah. art in it and, and the um, follow through, the commitment, the goal setting, the self-assessment. I mean, yes. my four-year-old is doing this. He doesn't even get all of the amazing lessons, life lessons right. he's getting by well, pretending to be a gymnastics coach. Yeah. Is you know, he really? Is really that what he's doing? How old is he? Four? That's, He's four, and he was holding himself up on two chairs, and I looked at him, I'm like, and you're a gymnastics coach this week. You're going to learn why that's really hard to teach somebody how to do. I love that. But they're also learning yeah. like to make a commitment and time management. And then for that year for your daughter, you can actually go spend some other money to, to take her to places and let her learn stuff and have her take classes for cooking. And yes. I mean, really, that's... They're lear- I mean, think of what they're learning. They're learning all of the undergirding, uh, the, the underlining, lying things that, that seem to set up careers and life. Yes, but in a really fun, mm-hmm. kid-friendly way. Yeah. Earn My Keep is all about kidifying adult concepts. We are not talking down to kids. We no. are talking with kids. We are respecting them and their interests, but really practicing these life skills. I mean, these are critical skills, self-confidence, self-worth, creative thinking, problem-solving, resiliency. This is something that can give your kids, you know, the, the oomph to, to really succeed in life as an adult while you're creating memories, while you're having a great time, while you're carving out that 15 minutes that none of us seem to have, but you just, you make time for it. And it's the the benefits are just exponential. Oh, I, I love it. And you can also go to her fu- or to her website, which is earnmykeep.com. It's, that's, you've just put together all your ideas on this site. Is that, is that what the whole site's for? Well, the, the site is for and, uh, people, and, you know, people who are interested to follow along and see what I'm doing with my own children, just to get more ideas. Yeah. It's so fun. And, you know, we're doing careers that aren't in the book. You know, we yeah. do some that are in the book, and then there's a formula in the back to help people do this with, you know, any career that they'd like. And then there's also, which I have just, there's been so much going on, but eventually we'll kick back up again. But you can read archived on um, Expert of the Week, where a lot of the experts from the book um, have been, uh, they'll answer, you know, in real time, they'll answer kids' questions and parents' questions for a two-week time period. So it's kind of technically expert of the two weeks, but that just is a mouthful, so right. we call it expert of the week. People can ask me questions, and um, there's a lot of just tons of just rich article. I, I just I love it. It's such a fun website, and, and I, I don't get to update it as often as I'd like, but the stuff is incredibly timely, and this is an evergreen thing. Yeah, this goes We're on doing forever. now forever until they leave the house. So um, well, I think this time... Oh, oh go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
I was going to say this time of year I get a lot of questions because everyone's really busy, but, the, you know, the gimmies are so loud and clear and ways to implement it immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what can yeah. I do tomorrow? What can I do between now and Christmas? Exactly. <laughs> and my suggestion is to take a career that's very seasonal. So, you know, if you're having a holiday party, have your child be an event planner in charge of making an invitation for the party. That's if you have idea. family coming in, have them, your child be an investigator and create a family fingerprint log um, you know, you use a marker and you put a little marker on everybody's pointer finger and each person, you know, puts their little fingerprint down. And then if your child's younger, they just write the name of the person. If the child's older, they could ask, where were you born? What's your birthday? What do you like to do? Where, you know, that's so great. What do you do for, you know, you see, so you can make it very in depth and toy designer yeah. could create, you know, the hot toy of the month. So there's lots of seasonal ways that you can do this and massage it right into what we're doing right now. Love it. Okay, Elisa Weinstein, we're going to come back. We're going to get into more of these ideas. Um, We're also, I would love to also hear, because you don't want this to mess up Santa, right? And we don't, you know, Santa rocks. So when we come back, I want you to explain how we keep it so that, you know, we're not stepping on Santa's toes here. You know, he's the man there. He knows what he's doing. And yet um, still teaching these important lessons. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Do you ever wonder if this idea of Christmas wish lists is good for your family? It's important to teach kids to dream, and as parents, you really want to know what your kids want, and you want to make them happy. But how do you keep wish lists from becoming the center of Christmas and getting your kids into this mindset of, give me this, or I want this, or I won't be happy? I remember when I was about four or five or something, and I made a Christmas list, and I put on there a Hug-A-Bear nightlight, and Barbie walkie-talkies. And I opened up my big Christmas present, and I saw, I think it was the Barbie walkie-talkies. I can't remember which one. But when I saw it, even though it was on my wish list, I just started crying because I knew that that meant my parents or Santa or whomever it was that had gotten me that present hadn't gotten me the other thing that was on my Christmas list because I only had one big Christmas present. And in my little mind, Christmas was ruined unless I had both things from my list, both the walkie-talkies and the hug-a-bear. And now I look back and I realize how much I had as a kid at Christmas that I didn't realize. My family was together. My dad would make a great meal. My mom would take us caroling. My siblings and I would play with our cousins. And Christmas was really a happy time. But that didn't matter at that moment when I realized that I wouldn't be getting my hug-a-bear. So... Are there ways we can teach kids these principles? That the joy of Christmas and of life doesn't come by just getting what you want when you want it? In the last segment, Matt and Elisa talked about the importance and value in teaching kids work, commitment, and time management. Elisa even suggested giving your kids jobs for holiday parties like taking attendance or helping set up and being the manager. And as they do the work, then they can earn the things that they want. So in this next part of the interview, Elisa goes a little more into the details about how to teach your kids to deal with not getting what they want and how to give them the skills to become self-fulfilling adults. I mean, it seems like teens need this. One thing I think to remember when we're talking to our kids is when I see someone who has something that I really, really wish that I had, if I was six, I'd pout and have the gimmies. And I think that like we forget that we feel the exact same way they do. We're just not allowed to fall on the floor and like thrash around like it's totally <laughs> it's true we've learned that i think that like if i think that if we remember that when we're talking with our kids you at least can empathize a little bit more rather than getting frustrated and angry with them because yeah. like, once you're talking to them and you they understand that you understand how they feel they'll open up and be a lot more receptive to whatever it is you have to say i so, think you're right on and, and, and the parents yeah. we just don't know how to get we don't know how to do this with our kids do we Okay, so walk us through what would you do to kind of to teach 
to make this a teaching moment and then to turn it into okay, let's let's earn one, son. Let's 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 earn your keep. Well, that's but that's exactly what you do. Let's do it. Kids don't understand that what the whole process and they feel completely I mean they have no money they right. have no power yeah. they are powerless in this situation to change what's going on well unless so there's the first, unless they do the tantrum thing right so their only power well, is in then, pouting and tantrum but that's a short term if the that's right it won't work by the gift it's a short term solution and you're not giving you're not giving your child the skills and allowing them to practice what they need to practice to then become a self-fulfilling adult right uh, you're not helping them learn anything. So it's actually as, and my children are very well versed in earn my keep and they earn their money and they understand my kids get the gimmies. I mean, we all do. And so the, the beauty of it is though, the more that you practice it, the more you go into a store with a child who is not going to come out with something, the more they'll get used to that. And then mm. be so excited when they go into a store and come out with it. I have a lot of friends who will not bring their children shopping with them because they don't want to hear the whining. And I understand that. But if you never give your child an opportunity to practice walking out of a store without something, they're never going to learn how to do it. Yeah. It's not fun. Oh, I brace myself. <laughs> like, uh, like nobody's business. But My that's the way to, that's parenting, right? You're being a parent. You're being a great parent. Yes. Yes. That's parenting is biting the bullet and, and remembering that you're looking for long-term stuff. Yeah. That what we do now is going to help them be wonderful, self-fulfilling adults who, who are excited about going out into the real world. So it's like a short-term, yeah. you know? Well, then <laughs> all of a sudden, they're not in credit card debt by the time they're 23 or 20 or exactly. 16 or 18. So if you were the mom, uh, Bryce's mom in that moment, and, and I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there listening that are thinking, yeah, I've had that a million times. What should I do? So yeah. in that moment, let's say we didn't plan ahead, but now we want to get into the idea that of the earn my keep. What, what would you say to your child then? Then what would you go home and start doing with them? Well, the first thing I would do is make it a priority to car- if you can get your kid out of the store without buying anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, get, him out. get him out. Exactly. Don't bribe <laughs> him out. Yeah, right. You're the man. Okay, if you can do that, you definitely need to recognize that it is time to prioritize this education, and yeah. we make time to do everything else. We make time for six days of practice. We make time for homework. We make time to teach our kids good manners, how to eat right. This has to take. This is important, and this is important right now because you're sitting on this hot moment. You know, take advantage of it and immediately start talking about what you do for a living. It takes 10 the whole car ride home. Do you know what I do or what my partner does or what your grandparents did mm. or what Aunt JoJo does? And start talking about the process. This is what we do. This is how we earn money. These are things I love about my job. These are things I can't stand about my job. Talk to your kid like a peer, you know, like this is really cool stuff. Like, what do you think you want to be when you grow up? What, what interests you? And I'm telling you the kids, it's almost a distraction, but they get very involved in that conversation. And then when you get home and you don't, and that's the other thing, parents start big. They think financial education, oh boy, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not good with money. You know, I have my own problems and all it is, is a baby step. You give them one job, one task one fun thing to do, you pick a payday and you pay them. And then maybe you just don't do anything for two weeks. You know, like, yeah. it, it doesn't need to be this big, overwhelming thing. But if the iron is hot, do it. Jump on it. It is a gift. You have to keep remembering you're giving your child the greatest, greatest gift that you can give him. And that is the ability to take care of himself. Well, and it's this great distraction because you're like, okay, son, I'm going to show you. Let's get to the car and I'm going to show you how you can have anything you want that's important to have to, for you. But there's a there's a trick to it. And it's what mommies and daddies are, have been doing. So, and then all of a sudden you're creating this great dialogue, this conversation about how they can have what they want over time. Um, it, it creates discipline. It creates this sense of you know, the the, uh, the um, law of the harvest, you reap what you sow, right? You're going to earn your keep yeah. here. I mean, it really is, it's, it is the greatest gift. It's so much better than just giving them what they want to shut them up or threatening yeah. them or being violent or being loud or, you know, squeezing their neck, all the other tricks I mean, that we use. 
Yeah, and it's funny because if you are consistent with this kind of education and you stick with it, amazing things happen. And about, I don't know, maybe like seven months ago, my daughter looked at me and she's like, I don't want to grow up. And I said, why? (laughs) And she said, well, because then I actually have to work and I have to like have a real job. And first of all, seven years old, she actually understood that, which was pretty cool. But even bigger than that, I looked at her and I was able to say, that's why it's important to find something that you love to do. Because, that's yes, great. you have to work. But if you, that's what we're doing is we're trying to help you. You don't have to find it today. You don't have to find it in 10 years. You're still only going to be 17. You yeah. know, there's still tons of world to explore. But knowing that all of these opportunities, librarian, musician, zoologist, accountant, banker, that they're, that they're all available helps kids look at the world with open, creative eyes. Mm. And I could do something that I love to do. And that changes the dynamic with the money. Yeah, it seems like it would change. Yeah, it changes everything, doesn't it? It does. I do want to talk about, because this is something else I get a lot on the subject, off the subject, is the whole Santa thing and how to do this. But still, Santa, I mean, I agree. Santa rocks. He's awesome. I mean, the magic thing you don't want to take away from anyone. And I do think that you can help diffuse the gimmies and still preserve the magic of Santa very easily. Let's do Um, this, Elisa. Let's save it. Let's take a break. Uh, and then we'll be back and we'll get into the Santa Yay. trick. It's not a trick. Cool. What is it? It's the Santa method. Method. That's a great <laughs> word for it. Method. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. I'm Leanna Tan, and this is The Matt Townsend Show. When I was younger, my mom got me and my siblings each little piggy banks, and she also got us savings accounts at a credit union. And she taught us the value of putting our pennies away that we found on the ground and saving up to get what we wanted. You know, we never got allowance or anything, so anything that we really wanted besides you know, basic living necessities, we pretty much bought with the pennies we saved up. And so my siblings and I would save up the few dollars we got throughout the year through babysitting or doing some chores or whatever it was. And when Christmas came around, we would go to the dollar store and pick out things for each of our family members. And that feeling was so fulfilling. I remember learning that as a kid, that working for that money, choosing out something that I could afford that I thought someone else would like, and then watching them open it was a lot more fulfilling than just opening up expensive present after expensive present. And then that process of opening gifts really became a communal event. And it wasn't just about the gifts anymore. It was about the thought and effort that someone put into you and that you put into someone else. And that's one lesson and value that I've really taken into my adult life. I really enjoy the giving aspect of Christmas. And I think that's a really important lesson to teach kids. And we're learning how to do that today with this interview with Elisa Weinstein. In the last segment, she talked about the importance of giving kids the opportunity to practice walking out of a store without something that they want and teaching them how money works, that money is earned through work, whether that's a job or a service you do. And Elisa said that you can practice with your kids by role-playing different jobs and finding out what they want to be when they grow up and what their interests are and having them do tasks that correlate with those dream jobs and then earning those things they want from the store. And it's a really important principle this holiday season when kids tend to want everything they see in the store windows. But how do you teach kids these principles without stepping on Santa's toes? Santa likes to see kids' wish lists, and he often gives kids things they want when they've been good all year. So in this next segment, we're going to learn about this. We're going to learn how to diffuse the gimmies while still preserving the Christmas magic. So um, we're not here to terrorize our kids. We're not here to just throw them into child labor camps. We're here to teach them the value of a dollar by letting them understand how it works. And one of the things we were talking about before the break is we also want to make sure that, you know, Santa, that, that we understand how to integrate Santa into earning and, um, and, and these kids learning responsibility. Well, losing Santa would be sad. Yeah. I mean, Santa's 
I mean, that's, that's the whole magic of it. And I know the joy of parents seeing their kids' eyes light up and the whole thing. Um, so I have some ideas yes. on how to keep Santa Santa and still help diffuse the gimmies a little bit. And the first thing that's very helpful is the fact that kids know not every gift comes from Santa. So we're going to leave all the Santa gifts out of this because that's Santa is Santa. Right. Obviously. But you can focus on the gifts that come from a grandparent and, a, and an uncle and or mom and dad. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with going through the process of talking about what we do for a living, how we do our jobs, what, you know, maybe give an example of one specific task that you had to do that exact day. Yeah. You earn money for that. And then we use that money to buy your presents. And then, oh, but yes, there's more. I think that it's really, do this, it's really fun to do with the kids. You brainstorm this crazy big ticket item. I mean, something that the kids realistically know they're not getting. You know, right. like, like a house. A brand new, I mean, <laughs> like a house or something like a boat or something. Because you, know, you don't want to get their hopes up where they yeah. think they actually we might, might get be a getting boat. this thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I don't want to be responsible. Yeah, then, then you'll be <laughs> paying for therapy, which is a whole other show. Yeah, more therapy. I've got to take care of Bryce right now, and that's just enough. <laughs> that's right. So, yes. Right. So, um but this one big ticket item and calculate if I earn and clearly I would recommend making this up for ease. You know, if I earn a hundred dollars an hour, how many hours would I have to work to earn that boat? Uh, and you really it. start to help the kids understand, you know, what mom and dad have to do that. There's a, there's a time value to it. And yeah. that's why the, you know, it's all about teaching your kids the value of money, work and time well spent. Yes. I'm going to, choose this job, make this money. And, you know, I could spend, you know, 18 hours buying this item or four hours buying this item, you know, and, and just talking about how we choose. It's all about choice, how we choose to spend Isn't our money. Great. And is it worth having yeah. mommy and daddy away for this long to get the boat? Or is it better that we maybe don't have the boat, but it allows daddy to come more to your games and more to your activities? I mean, that's a great conversation exactly. started. So you're saying when it comes to Santa, um, you know, Santa's going to give his gifts, but then the rest of us have this method where we give our gifts where we have to earn it. And it's kind of a mix of, you know, the value of money and work and time. And, yeah. um, and then we teach that, that grandma and grandpa had to do that to pay for these gifts. Your cousins had to do that to pay for the gifts. And then you, you just get those conversations started that way. Exactly. And there's even more, because if you think about it, I, I truly, if I had an opportunity to make Santa and earn my keep expert, I would, because this man is a perfect yes. example of the earn my keep totally. philosophy. Plus his Loves distribution his network's amazing. Is incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? He, lo <laughs> he loves his job yeah. and he and his elves work harder than anybody to, you know, they have a goal that they have to meet. That's they set cool. it, they make their deadlines. I mean, everything about Santa emulates this wonderful philosophy that we want our children to yeah. adopt. So you talk about it with them and, you know, well, where, how do you think Santa gets his materials and find that maybe just flat out magic? But well, what do the elves earn for all? You got to pay your elves. I mean, you elves aren't free. Care. I mean, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be unions and I mean, yeah. there's going to be oh. a whole issue. If yeah. Plus markup. I mean, yeah. Plus health care. <laughs> yeah. But and truly, these conversations are really funny because it's one of those kids say the darndest things. I, I mean, you get them going. Is. That it's is really too funny, cool. But, but again, like Santa, I mean, Santa, he's a perfect, perfect example yeah. of this whole concept and just his dedication to it, his passion for it. And so you really can be very realistic with your children and yet have it be very fantastic and magical at the sure. same time. I think that's so great. Uh, we have a caller, uh, Elisa, that I want to bring on that has a question for you. Her name's Jen from Minnesota. Jen, are you with us? I am. Now, you have you have some kidlets. How many kids do you have, Jen? I do. We have six kids. Wow. You're, <laughs> you're going to have a big Christmas. We're running a circus, yeah. That's good. Now, now, what question do you have for Elisa? My question is this. First of all, I love your concept. It's like light bulbs are going on all over the place for me. So thank you very much. But oh, yeah. And after, you have to email me because I'm so excited. <laughs> our kids range, range in age from 10 down to just four weeks old was our last one. And we've done a lot of different work, earn money um, type of systems. And I always come back to the same question of how, how do you assign the dollar value? 
for example, when we have done, um, when we've done allowances, the older kids get more than the middle kids and the younger kids. And for the work jobs, is it the same way? Do you assign more money as they get older or is it more per task and anybody, any age can earn the same amount? That's a great uh, question, Jen. Great question. It's a great question. And what's so timely bizarre is I'm, I'm on nightly business report, and one of my <laughs> new scripts is about this exact subject. Perfect timing, Jen. Yeah, so that's Good. so funny. Um, okay, so I have a couple different answers. The first one is, as far as earn my keep careers go, the jobs earn the same amount regardless of career. I took money out of the equation because I didn't want children to attach, you know, like a doctor makes more money than a teacher, for example. Mm. and. Um, we don't, we want them really to follow their passion. So it's not about the amount of money you make. Cause again, that goes into valuing work, et cetera, and all right. that. So the one child doing the careers across the year time span would earn the same amount of money, no matter what career they do. Also important to note, earn my keep is very flexible. So if you don't like that, you don't have to do it that way. I mean, you, this whole program is so oh, it's adaptable. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, which is great, but this is how I do it. Now to answer your question about, paying different amounts, absolutely. My eight-year-old makes more than my four-year-old. Like, what's a round figure? Do you have a number? Because, like, I'm well, dying I, to I, know this. Am I overpaying? Well, I do, and I... I okay, this, <laughs> this standard answer, um, typical getting started of what you pay is either a dollar for every year of age, so a seven-year-old would earn $7, or a dollar for every year in school. Hmm. So a second grader could earn $2. And is you this really a month, need to a week? About a day? Well, I guess a, a week. If okay. you're doing an, uh, some sort of financial literacy program, that would be a week. My children are responsible for more than um, regular. You know, we do the everyone typically splits, splits things up into savings, sharing, and spending. You know, however you choose yeah. to, you know, you give to charity, you put some money away to buy that toy that costs a lot of money, and then money directly to the ice cream man. And then the boat. But, and the boat, right. But my daughter um, and my son actually pay for some needs. So my daughter buys her school lunches once a week. She pays for her own music lessons. And then we split her savings up short-term, long-term. I mean, we have a whole system wow. going. So she actually earns, I, I, we just started this a month ago, and ironically, numbers are not my thing, but she earns like $49 a week or something, which is ridiculous for an eight-year-old, except that Instead of me paying for her music lessons, she pays for them. Love so it's it. just money coming out of my budget that she is now responsible for managing. Yeah. And a lot of parents get nervous with this, but the reality is if your kid's going to learn this lesson, I sure as heck would rather her learn it with me at home in a safe environment than when she's 22, has a credit card, I don't know what she's doing, and all of a sudden she's in credit card debt because she doesn't know how to do it. So... My husband was, I was very confident. My husband was like, are you crazy? And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think this is, she's got to learn. And she's been doing great. And, and she's seven, um, eight almost. She's eight now. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yes, so to answer your question, yes, you would definitely pay the children different amounts. Yes, you are going to hear it's not fair, but that opens more dialogue. Yeah. That opens, you That's know. That's their favorite the line. It's not working if you're not hearing that. You need to exactly. go deeper. If it's if if they're not hearing that, if they're not saying that, you need to push harder. Exactly. It's the fun of being a parent. <laughs> does that make but, sense, um, Jen? That does. That, now, wow. it, does it freak you out a little bit to be throwing forty nine dollars of money generally, but then letting your child pay for more? It, depending on who it is, because I have one who oh. just saver, 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 and one who it, he would spend it today if yeah. I gave it to him yesterday. But so. if he's paying for like his uh, basketball classes or, or team you yeah. know, stuff, then that's great because it's the same money. It's just who, we, who yep. we say has it. That's great. You know what would be fun too? And I haven't been able to do this yet because I, I can't figure my son out. He's just started this program. So I'm, I'm learning, you know, he's been doing it a little while, but you know, but with your spender and your saver, I think it would be, watch me, <laughs> your children are going to be guinea pigs. If you, if you give them each an opportunity, one of them must save that week. And the other one must spend that week so they can get out of their comfort zones. Because just being a saver is just as detrimental as just being a spender. Children should be able to spend their money on things they want and need. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and food is like, I mean, like, yeah. So you would actually create a situation where they'd spend. Yes, and or save, and that's yeah. 
they could talk with each other and like, how are you so comfortable with spending? How are you so comfortable with saving? And it's what we're really doing is helping them practice to find that middle ground between the two. That's a lot of work, Jen, with six kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to get a copy of the book, Earn It, Learn It, Teach Your Child the Value of Money, Work, and Time Well Spent. Thanks so much for your call. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And then go program. get on her website, earnmykeep.com, and she wants you to contact her. And I bet you she'll give you even more coaching because you're the and guinea I pig. I will, I will, I will. <laughs> Too cool. I love it. I wrote it down. Good stuff. Yay. Jen, thanks for the call. Hold on, and we'll uh, make sure we've got everything to, to send, the, send oh. you that book. Elisa, have you ever seen a kid that this just doesn't work on? Have you ever run into one that just won't play the game? Um, Because maybe this is like the one that would eventually end up on some commune somewhere. It's not the kids, it's the parents. Yeah. I get a lot of, I don't, yeah, I don't have time. And I love, that's one of my favorite things because I love showing how you really can make it work. Mm -hmm. And then the one, when I get the, the, you know, the response back, oh, my goodness, we did this, and it was amazing. Yeah. So, you know, and I do think there are, you know, my daughter's been doing this for four years, and there have been times where she's like, I need a bit of a break, you know. Yeah. And, but it's, you know, and, and I respect that, and I get that, and we'll take, you know, a week up. There's, you know, vacation, paid vacation has worked into the program, and that's why it's there, you know, because yep. sometimes you do. And they're kids. You know, sometimes life is crazy, and you just need a month off. But it's really not the children. I mean, Mm-mm. what... What kid doesn't want to experience, you know, because you can so tailor your child is completely into sports, then make them an athlete, an agent, a sports journalist, a trainer, a physical therapist. Right. You can tailor it totally to your child's interests. So there's, it's, it's really not the kids who aren't engaged and excited about it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and we don't have time. Yeah, well, get some. I mean, you gotta. This is parenting, parenting one hundred and one, and I think what you're going to end up creating by doing a pro a pro a program or a process like this, you're 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 creating self esteem, you're creating a sense of worth, you're creating a sense of just kind of inherent respect for how life happens and how it works. It's. It's something you don't get everywhere else. So um, I really, uh, I really appreciate it. We've got uh, one more caller here that uh, we can. We're just going to throw this question at you, caller. Are you there with us? Yes, I am. Thanks. Now you have a little bit of a, I guess, a temperamental child, huh? Yes, my son Nathan is four, and he is always throwing threats at everybody. Today we were shopping, and he wanted something, and my coat was hanging over the shopping cart, and he said, "If you don't get it to me." I'm going to throw your coat in the trash when we get home. Wow. I mean, that's one of his minor ones. He's also threatened physically, you know, to hit his sisters and things like that. He's the youngest. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we just struggle with him. Yeah. He sounds like a tough one. What, uh, hey, Elisa, what job have you got for this brute? Well, <laughs> um, well, first of all, I, I'm smiling because I often have these same conversations with my youngest son. Oh, so, okay, <laughs> so, great. Yes, uh, and we, uh, today, as a matter of fact, so I totally get it. Oh, wait, so there's two separate things going on, and the first one is I am by no means a child development expert, so this is just mom-to-mom. Um, what has worked, and it's just repeating, the, the language we repeat over and over again is I respect myself and I respect you too much to answer to that or have that be acceptable. Yeah. And he's really starting to outgrow it because we say that a lot. You know, it's not, an, and I say it's not an if or situation. I say that a lot. And it's, he's doing great. And it's really, but it's literally, I mean, I, yeah. I could say this in my sleep. It's almost like he opens his mouth and I'm like, it's not an if or situation. <laughs> you know, so I love that. It's just a boundary though. You're drawing a really tight boundary and you're not going to be disrespected. Correct. And I use the word respect a lot. Yeah. But, and or doing earn my keep with him has made a difference because he is starting, he gets a lot of respect for himself. Yep. And we, and again, using that language with him when we're doing the program. So when he's working on his, whatever task he's doing and he's following through from start to finish and we're, a lot of it is, this is how the real world works. I can see how much you respect your time because you've, you've really worked hard on that. Please, he might have taken 15 minutes, but for a four- and five-year-old, that's a really long time. That's a big commitment to get their attention and, oh, yeah. and focus. 
I, I think that's the, again. I think that's. I think that's just a great model. Um, kids are kids, and every kid's a little different. But you know, a, a younger kid like that is ready. They're 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 kind of probably been spoiled a little bit more. They're used to getting what they want with a tantrum because most parents are probably overwhelmed. So a strong boundary, talking respect. I, I love that. What I love about how you work, Elisa, is you're always teaching. You're the consummate teacher. And that really, to me, is what a parent is really about. Yes, and and I I, I didn't I didn't mean to know how to do that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, like no, it all you just kind of, figured it out. It just happened. But yes, every single moment that we're with them is a teachable moment. You know, and and a lot of it is taking that deep breath and remembering these moments are a gift. And I always my cool. I'm please. I'm exhausted, and I've got yeah. the kids, and I don't do it perfect all the time at all by any means, but when I can remember to, if I've had some sleep <laughs> and I can function Get some and I sleep. can stand my ground, the tantrum becomes a teachable moment. Yep. Is there a more effective way to get what you want? Well, I you mean, know? yeah, you'd, otherwise you have to become like them and you become erratic and unpredictable and temperamental and your mood starts to swing just like the four-year-old. It's just yeah, better it, to have it, a plan. Being in the trenches myself, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It yeah. really is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Elisa, yep. we so appreciate you. Um, they should go to your website. Anybody out there, go to the website, earnmykeep.com. Really, it's it's just incredible, everything she's got there for you. Plus, you can talk to her, ask questions. There's a community there. Um, she also bring on, brings on experts to help her as well. And go check out her book. Now, where can they get your book, Elisa? Uh, Amazon.com. It's easy. Earn awesome. it. Learn it. Teach your child the value of money, work, and time well spent. Elisa, again, thank you so much for your insight um, and for giving those books away. Uh, we so appreciate it, and we're, I'm sure, going to have you back again. We need you. Yay. Well, awesome. I'd love Thanks. to be there. And Merry Christmas. Happy well, New thanks. Year. Happy Holidays. <laughs> <Santa> rock. <laughs> That's right. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, again, kids, you know, that's it's our job. We're parents. We're here to teach. We're here to learn. And so as parents, let's keep learning. One thing to learn is how to earn our keep. And we're going to take a break now. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. The gimmies is a virus that infects a lot of kids during the holiday season. You know, they say, give me this, give me that, and they're so bummed out when they don't see that thing under the tree. And it's something that all parents are trying to combat. But in the last segment, Elisa talked about how to find this balance between combating the gimme attitudes while still respecting Santa's efforts to give children the gifts that they want. One thing Elisa suggested was using Santa as a teaching example. And I thought that was a great idea. Santa is all about working all year long to reach his goal to give to others. And you can use him to teach your kids the value of work. Elisa also addressed some concerns a few callers had in the last segment and said that it's okay to give different ages of kids different dollar amounts for tasks that they do at home because their needs are different. And she even suggested having kids work to pay for their own piano or dance lessons, even though it's taking a risk because you're kind of having your kid manage your money in a way now. I like how Elisa said, it's better to take that risk while they're still under your roof and you can see what's going on and you can have a say in it and teach them how to manage money than when they're off on their own with their own credit cards and they don't have a clue how to use them. This Christmas season is all about giving, and it's so fun to see the joy on kids' faces when they get that gift that they've been wanting all year. But Matt brought up a good point earlier on that sometimes the best gift to give kids is teaching them how to get what they want and how to become what they want to be. So we've learned today how to help kids understand that Christmas isn't just about getting what you want when you want it and feeling the true joy of Christmas. But what about adults? we sometimes need a little nudge in the right direction as well. So to finish off today's episode, I want to play back this coaching corner Matt did to teach us a few keys 
of what we can do to make Christmas a little more magical. But the magic can begin much earlier than that. Um, We all know what it feels like to be overwhelmed as a parent and going through the holiday season, making sure you get everything. And on top of it, making sure they all have batteries. You got to remember the batteries or you will have the worst search of your life on Christmas Day as you are brain, you know, barnstorming a 7-Eleven to get all the batteries you can. Uh, why I bring this up is, is there a way that we can be more mindful, more present, and find the holiday magic? That is today's topic. Uh, and the answer, I truly believe, is yes. And I found three little keys or tools that we all might be able to use in order to actually make Christmas a little more magical for ourselves and probably for more magical for others. The first rule is the number one present you can give is to be present. Actually be in the moment. And I know that's hard to do because you're constantly planning for the next moment and then you've got the next party. Tonight we have a church party and then we'll have a company party and then we'll have this party and then this party and you're moving and you're constantly on the run. But if you want to actually ever have the magic, you you really need to be where you are. You need to have your head in the game, be in that space. Uh, I've noticed with holidays, though, we got to be careful because for us, you may have a really positive history when it comes to um, these the holiday season, but there are some people that don't. And one of the reasons they may struggle being present in today's holiday is because they've had a very painful past, right? There may have been something that happened around Christmas. There may have been something that reminds them at Christmas time about a, a past issue for them, somebody that they may have lost um, A divorce, for example. One of the interesting things when I grew up, my parents divorced, but I I thought it was so amazing because as a child, uh, my mom and dad could be together. Even though they were divorced, they, they could still be together or and they, they were separated. They could still be together on Christmas morning. And my dad would come over and we would hang out and my uh, my dad's mom would come over and we would have a Christmas morning as a family. And I thought, how cool is that? But there are others that don't have that positive story. Their parents may have divorced and it meant divided holidays. It meant they they couldn't be with one of their parents over the Christmas holiday because they were with the other parents. So there may be a painful past and that might keep you. There may be pressures of the present. There's so much going on, the gifts, all the all of the running around we have to do. Or it may be the fact that you know that after the holidays in January, you've got to start back to work and you just really dread that or there's part of something you've got to do next year that's going to be difficult. And so one of the things that may be keeping us from the present is a painful past or a problematic future or just the pressures of day to day. Another thing you might want to be looking at this holiday season is what is distracting you from being present. Do you have a default distraction, something that you do every time? Is it your phone? Is it the fact that you have this compelling need to have to document every event and take so many pictures and have, you know, and post so many things to social media that you actually aren't even present because you're too busy taking all the pictures? Or is it other things? Is it the fact that you're, you feel this need to control the party and you make sure everything's going perfectly so you get so caught up in being the host that you can't be present? What distracts you? What keeps you from being present? Uh, is it just the anxiety you feel? Is it, is it something like that? Anyway, whatever it is that uh, seems to turn you off of this season, let's watch out for it and let's, let's make a commitment today that we're not going to let it happen. Let's see if we can't improve our pains from the past and, and, and recreate them into something really powerful today. Another thing I found that helps me stay more present in the holidays is to sense the magic, I call it. If you think about it, all of your great memories about Christmas, Christmas past probably are connected in some way to your senses, Right. There are certain things that you may remember. I remember uh, sitting uh, and sl- I had three sisters and we would all go down into a room on Christmas Eve and we'd fall asleep in that one room. And I remember hearing bells upstairs, uh, sleigh bells. I remember hearing footsteps 
just the sounds were so impactful for me. I remember smells of uh, hotcakes and gravy that we would have every morning on Christmas morning, other smells that really uh, brought the, the holiday to life for me, the anticipation, the feeling of, of anticipating something. So what do your senses remind you and what memories are created for you um, around the holidays? And think about it. Is it the smells like gingerbread, pine trees? Is it is it the smell that gets you around the holidays? How about the tastes of like uh, homemade divinity or wassail or sweet rolls? Is it sounds, carolers, sleigh bells, Christmas music? How about touch? Just the cozy jammas, pajamas or uh, the hugs from people, the cold air at night? How about the sights? Fireplaces, tree lights, shopping malls? What is What sense really lights up your Christmas. And then, can I suggest, once you figure out what sense it is, go play on that sense. Bring back those memories. And all you have to do really is touch in on one of those senses. If you love the music, then get to the music. It's a powerful way to reconnect. And then the last uh, suggestion I make about how you can, you know, really bring the holiday magic back is figure out what gift is essential for you to give. I don't believe every gift is essential, right? The three wise men brought different gifts, and everybody brought what was kind of uniquely theirs to bring. Well, what gift are you to bring to your family, to the people around you? Is it just your good sense of humor? Is it just the fact that you're supportive? Is it that you're positive? Is it that you're caring? Is it that you're loving? Is it that you're forgiving? What is it that you can bring this Christmas season that only you can give? And I'm going to bet it's something a lot less tangible. It's probably not money. It's not cash. It's not a gift card. It's something like self-acceptance, undivided attention, unconditional love, powerful things like that, like patience. So if you had a magic wand and you could truly be the most amazing person you've ever wanted to be, what gifts would you then bring to your family this year? If you were everything you wanted to be as a human being, what would you then bring differently to the family? And let me challenge you to go bring that. And let's see what happens. Let's see if it doesn't change you and change those around you by you just bringing what is essentially you. We don't need anything else. We don't need, you know, we don't need another sweater. We just need you. Let's take a moment to think about the reason for the season. I know this time is crazy. If you're anything like me, you've had to deal with family scheduling, shopping, trying to stay healthy, having work get really busy before the holidays, and figuring out travel and transportation plans. But let's take a minute to de-stress and let go of all of that holiday bustle. We make the holiday magic. I love what Matt said at the end there. What are you really giving those who you love this season? We all have gifts to give, and... Let's make sure to bring those with us. Positivity, peace, humor, love, forgiveness. Whatever your gift is, focus on gifting that starting right now. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. I'm Liana Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. We're glad you've joined us on this journey through the Matt Townsend Show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 